Under foreign investment control regimes, governments want to control the acquisition of shares or voting rights or even assets by investors, ultimately based outside the home country of the target or not from a certain region, if such investment likely affects public policy or security of the home country. And notably, not only where the target operates in certain critical sectors, but more generally. The relevant Criterion is not necessarily the acquisition of control by the foreign investor, but can already be triggered at much lower levels, such as 10% of the voting rights, but can even go lower than that. For example, in Japan, during the corona pandemic, a 1% threshold applies. And in Australia and New Zealand, a $0 threshold was introduced as a temporary measure. So I'm wondering who is normally subject to investment control? In the EU, and as indicated by Julia before, um, which will be my focus here, this affects usually investors from outside the European Union and normally regardless of the sector they invest to. This should be distinguished from investments into specific sectors, such as the defense sector, that I do not cover in this podcast here. Which measures can a government take to control foreign investment? If The government of the country in which the target is based concludes that there is such likely risk, it can decide to restrict such transaction, for example, by issuing certain orders, such as to continue the supply of certain goods or to provide certain information, or in the worst case, block it, even though this is a rare case. The host government and the investor can also enter into an agreement that in poses certain obligations on the investor, grants special rights to the government or preemption rights and so on. But isn't there a tension of the right to prohibit foreign investment at least with the right of freedom of establishment or the right of free movement of capital? Yeah, that's a good and difficult question and a lot will depend on the individual circumstances. As we all know, the right of establishment under the treaty on the functioning of the European Union that prohibits restrictions on the freedom of establishment is open only to EU nationals and companies. On the other hand, the Treaty on the Functioning of the European Union prohibits restrictions on the free movement of capital, not only between member states, but between member states and third countries. Therefore, also non-EU nationals and corporations can rely on that particular article, Article 63, that protects the freedom of capital. The relationship between the two freedoms in the case of investments is not always clear. The European Court of Justice has ruled that where an investor acquires a participation in a company that allows to effectively participate in its management, these are so-called direct investments, 
the right of establishment is affected and the freedom of capital, the free movement of capital is not the relevant right. In the case of Germany, this could be already the case where an investor acquires around 25% in a company. On the other hand, so-called portfolio investments, where the investor cannot participate in the management of the company, are subject to the freedom of capital. In Germany, this could be investments below 25%. Under the Treaty on the Functioning of the European Union, member states are entitled to restrict these freedoms and to take measures which are justified on grounds of public policy or public security. So two very important key criteria. But the terms of public policy and security are rather vague. Do member states have a lot of room to interpret them? Yes, the member states have a certain discretion as to how to define these two terms that are not clearly specified by the treaty, but always based on the particular needs and circumstances at the member state. In addition, both terms need to be interpreted strictly. According to the European Court of Justice, public policy is to be understood as a, and I quote, genuine, sufficiently and sufficiently serious threat to the requirements of public policy, effective, affecting one of the fundamental interests of society. Also, according to the European Court of Justice, public security relates to the fundamental interests of the state, such as the functioning of its institutions, essential public services, or even the lives of its citizens, in other words, the safeguarding of the existing of a country. And is control of foreign investment a common feature around the globe? Well, the EU member states were historically generally open to foreign direct investments from outside the EU and also against, and they continue to be so, against an EU-wide foreign direct investment screening mechanism. But other countries outside the European Union, such as the US with the very strict CFIUS mechanism, Australia, Canada, and so on, had, had screening mechanisms for many years. And we should also note um, that the European unbundling rules already contained a similar tool that's part of the third energy package from 2009 against non-EU investors taking control over a transmission system operator. Here, It has to be demonstrated that the acquisition of control by a non-EU investor does not put at risk the security of energy supply of the relevant member state into which the non-EU investor uh, wants to invest and the European Union. So we know that as the so-called Gazprom clause. So having been quite open to foreign direct investment and now getting it stricter. I'm wondering, when did this all change? Yeah, this changed after the financial crisis and in particular after 2013. We can see, we could see that the inflow of investments mainly by mergers and acquisitions by Chinese state-owned and also private acquirers into the European Union significantly increased. The figures are not always clear and uh, contradictory. But if we follow a study of EY, then there was an increase from 
2014 of direct investments into the European Union of around 20 billion US dollars to up to 85 billion US dollars in 2016. So a fourfold increase. These investments focused on Northern Europe and the main targets were the UK, Germany and France and also Italy. But we should not forget that there was a lot of Chinese investment into member states that had suffered most during the financial crisis and where Chinese investors acquired substantial stakes in the course of privatizations of strategic companies, for example, in Greece and Portugal. And if we look at the main examples in the energy sector, we can see that, for example, State Grid of China acquired stakes in TSOs in Portugal, Italy and Greece. Um, and we could also see Chinese companies investing into at least six European ports in Greece, Spain or Belgium. And here in Germany, there was an interesting case that made a lot of headlines in the press. Um, that was in 2016, where Medea bought the German robotics firm KUKA. Another attempt by a Chinese investor to take over a German high-tech company, Extron, failed in 2016. That was the attempt by Fujian Grand Chip Investment Fund from China. And it failed not so much due to the resistance of the German government, which initially had cleared the transaction, but ultimately by President Obama at the time prohibiting the transaction because Extron had a subsidiary in the US. And interestingly, then the German government reopened the proceedings on the foreign investment control, but the parties following the prohibition in the US had called off the transaction anyway. And many of these acquisitions from China into Europe can be linked to the Made in China 2025 strategy of the Chinese government that was inaugurated in 2015 and that aims at Chinese companies becoming global leaders in 10 core industries by 2025 and to be a global technology superpower by 2049. And these figures and investments created anxiety in the European Commission and also in a number of national governments. And what happened then? In February 2017, so three years ago, or three and a half years ago, there was an initiative of the Ministers for Economic Affairs of Germany, France and Italy, sending a letter to the Commissioner for Trade at the time, Mrs. Malmström, and they stressed that while these countries were open to foreign investment and had traditionally been so, but at the same time being concerned that non-EU investors were taking more and more European companies with key technology competences for strategic reasons, and at the same time noting that there was no level playing fields field for investments of European investors and companies into these countries, clear allusion to China. The ministers also noted that they were unable to combat these investments, as they put it, with effective instrument, instruments, 
and appealing to the Commission to start discussion of possible reactions. The Commission then swiftly published a reflection paper on harnessing globalization in May 2017. The Commission stated that globalization can be beneficially to economy and society, but only where properly harnessed. The Commission also noted that a level playing field had to be restored, restored where threatened, as increasingly foreign investors, notably state-owned enterprises, took over European targets with key technologies. And what did the Commission do there? Did they take any action? Yeah, they published a draft for a regulation on a framework for screening of foreign investments into the EU that was in September 2017. As far as I can see, it didn't meet a lot of resistance. The so-called screening regulation came into force on 10 April 2019, so last year, and will apply from 11 October 2020, in other words, in a few days. That is very interesting. And uh, what is the legal basis for the screening regulation? The yeah, foreign direct investment falls within the field and competence of common commercial policy. That's Article 3.1, letter E of the treaty. And here the union has exclusive competence with respect to the common commercial policy. And does this mean the screening regulation can force member states to introduce legislation to control foreign investment? No, that's clearly not the case. And the sole responsibility for introducing such legislation remains with the member states. There's no obligation to introduce a screening of foreign direct investments, but the screening regulation introduces certain obligations that apply to all member states. For example, they have to provide an annual report in, of foreign investments into their home countries. And where a screening mechanism is in place, there have to be certain minimum standards, such as a protection against circumvention, transparency, and non-discriminatory application. There have to be certain timeframes for the screening, a protection of confidentiality, and last but not least, there has to be recourse to the courts. The screening regulation also contains guidance on which sectors should be subject to scrutiny and the factors that should be taken into account when assessing foreign investments. Also, member states have to notify the Commission and other member states where a country is screening a foreign direct investment and the other member states may then comment and the Commission may issue opinions that the member states shall duly consider, but these opinions are not binding. So are member states without a screening mechanism totally free in whether to look into foreign investments? You have said that certain countries have been very open to Chinese investment. No, even where a member state has no screening mechanisms, and we'll see that there are still a number of them in the European Union, Another member state that is of the view that an investment into that particular member state without screening mechanism is likely to affect security or public policy may request information and can even 
issue an opinion to that member state, which then has to be considered by the member state that is looking or is the recipient of a foreign investment. Equally, the Commission may issue such opinions where it is of the view that the security of public policy in more than one member state is likely to be affected. But again, these opinions are not binding. Has there been a change in attitude of member states to now introduce new control mechanisms following the screening regulation entering into force? Indeed, even though it's unclear whether this introduction of new screening mechanisms was sparked by the new screening regulation, we can see that at the time the screening regulation in April last year entered into force, around 13 member states, plus the United Kingdom at the time, had screening mechanisms, but some of them with a very narrow focus, for example, in Denmark and the Netherlands, that mainly control investments into the energy sector. Today, five further member states have or are in the process of introducing or broadening screening mechanisms. A little later, I'll, I'll tell you more about this. And did other member states tighten their existing regimes? Yeah, they did. And that's notably the case for Germany. Germany introduced tighter rules following the attempt of the Chinese transmission system operator State Grid of China to acquire two times a 20% stake in one of the four German electricity TSOs, 50 Hertz. And Germany at that time in 2018 had not been able to block the transaction through the tool set it had available for the control of foreign investments. Rather, they had to resort to the co-shareholder in 50 Hertz at the time, Elia, the Belgian TSO, to exercise its preemption right to prevent the Chinese investor from taking over in total 40% in 50 Hertz. As a result, the threshold for investment scrutiny into so-called critical infrastructure, such as energy, health, IT, was lowered to 10%. That was in December 2018, so half a year roughly after the attempts of the Chinese failed. The benchmark for what constitutes a critical infrastructure is very low and kicks in already where the supply of around 500,000 citizens in Germany is at risk. This, just to give you an example, can be already the case where an investor wants to take over a power plant with a capacity of 420 megawatts. And other member states also, as indicated before, expanded their tool set. That was the case in Italy, which broadened the scope of its golden power regulation when in 2019 it included 5G technologies into the scope of its scrutiny. And similarly, already in 2018, France extended the number of sectors subject to foreign investment review by five further sectors. And then the COVID-19 pandemic started. Naturally, the European Commission must have been concerned with the possible impact of the crisis on European businesses and a, let's say, sellout of European blue chips to non-European investors, especially in the health sector. That's correct, Julia. The Commission reacted relatively swiftly after the breakout of the pandemic and still in March, on 25th of March 2020, issued 
a guidance to the member states on foreign direct investments and the protection of Europe's strategic assets. In this communication to member states, the Commission called upon the member states to first make full use of existing foreign direct investment screening mechanisms to address risks to the health sector, but also other critical sectors. And second, appealing to those member states that have no screening mechanism at all, or only limited ones, as indicated in Denmark and the Netherlands, for example, to set up a full-blown screening mechanism. And then on top of that, in June 2020, the Commission published a white paper on foreign subsidies that also wants to submit the acquisition of an EU target that is subsidized, so the acquisition that is subsidized by a, a non-EU government, subject to a check whether such acquisition could distort the internal market. Comments on this white paper were due by 23rd of September, and we now have to see what the outcome of this consultation will be and whether the Commission will take further steps in this direction. How did the member states react to the appeals of the Commission? Well, some countries had already intended to further tighten their review mechanisms, also ahead of the screening regulation becoming effective in October this year. This is true for Germany, but others passed new measures to combat the impact of Corona, such as Spain, France, Italy, and Poland. For example, the Spanish government enacted several emergency regulations. And one of these measures relates to the foreign investment screening mechanism, and in particular, the expansion of pre-closing approval requirements. As a consequence, Investments into strategic sectors in Spain, and that notably is the case in the health sector, will now require prior approval from the Spanish government. And a representative of the Italian government stated that the country was ready to apply a protective shield to defend strategic Italian companies using, and I quote, any means necessary. A few member states announced that they would introduce new screening mechanisms, for example, Sweden, Belgium, and the Czech Republic. Also, the Netherlands will substantially broaden their existing foreign direct investment regime. And just on the side, and even though no longer an EU member state, it is worth noting that the United Kingdom will soon present new legislation that according to press reports, will be very similar to the CPS mechanism in the US. And can you provide a bit more detail on what Germany did? As a matter of principle and general rule, in Germany, investments by non-EU and non-EFTA investors, so EFTA is Iceland, Liechtenstein, Norway and Switzerland, and from 1st of January 2021, Non-EU investors include also investors from the United Kingdom. These investments are subject to foreign investment control. And here we have to distinguish between a voluntary regime for investments into non-critical sectors and a mandatory regime for investments into critical sectors. The voluntary regime kicks in where 
at least 25% of the voting rights in a German company that operates in non-critical sectors are being acquired. And this threshold is then lower to 10% in the investment, in the case of an investment into a critical sector triggering a filing application. Furthermore, under new legislation that was passed in June this year, the government expanded the scope of critical sectors to pharmaceutical products, protective wear, and other sectors that assist in fighting pandemics. And can the parties to a transaction simply go ahead and close a transaction without clearance? That was the case before a legislative change came into force in July. But now we have what is commonly called gun jumping rules that are familiar for merger control cases. Also in the case of foreign investment control. Under these rules, the parties cannot close a transaction that is subject to a mandatory filing requirement without clearance, i.e. where we have a, an investment into a critical sector. A violation can result in fines and even imprisonment of up to five years. What else did the German government do? It lowered the standard for intervention to that of the level of the screening regulation. The government can now already prohibit a transaction if it is likely that it will affect public policy or security in Germany or an EU member state. Previously, there had to be an actual threat, so not just a likely threat, to public policy or security in Germany only, so no look at member states. The new legislation now also expressly provides that provides that the fact that the acquirer is controlled by a foreign state shall be taken into account when assessing whether there is a risk to public policy or security. A clear indication that the government is aiming at Chinese and other state-owned enterprises. Just on the side, a further amendment is expected towards the end of this year to introduce certain procedural rules required under the screening regulation. Has the German government actually made use of its right to prohibit a transaction? No, so far there has been no formal prohibition that was executed and only one single case where the government authorized the ministry to prohibit a transaction. That was the acquisition of Leifeld in August 2018 or the attempt to acquire Leifeld which is a manufacturer of machines that can be used by the space, aerospace and nuclear industries. And Leifert was in the process of being taken over by a Chinese investor. But before the prohibition was executed, the parties had already abandoned the transaction because they saw that there was no way out from this prohibition. Furthermore, we understand that at least in two more cases, the ministry informed the parties that a prohibition would be very likely and as a result of which the parties then abandoned the transactions. We should also note and I indicated that in the beginning that the ministry can impose so-called orders when clearing a transaction, such as to maintain certain contractual relationships with public bodies, such as the German armies, 
or to preserve IP rights. These remedies can also take the form of a public law agreement between the minister, ministry and the acquirer. How long does it take to get clearance? In clear-cut cases, the German ministry can issue its clearance within two months. But if it looks wants to look into a transaction in more depth, it will open a full investigation that can take up to four months or even seven months in very complex cases. Could this be an impediment to an M&A transaction into Germany? Does the ministry actually use so much time? The seven months rule was introduced in July only, so we will need to see how this will play out in practice. But already now, in-depth proceedings can take quite some time, as the clock for the four months period only starts ticking when the documentation that the investor has to provide to the ministry is complete. Therefore, while in the past foreign investment clearance was rather a matter of quick routine, it can take now much longer than merger control clearance, at least in cases where the merger situation or the competition situation is clear and not complex. This is making some investors and also business associations nervous as they are concerned about the attractiveness of Germany as a place to invest. Do you consider this a disadvantage of Germany compared to other EU member states in the, let's say, race for investments? Not necessarily. As mentioned before, also other member states tighten their investment control regimes. As an example, in Spain, it can take up to six months to get clearance. Can an investor challenge measures taken by the German government? In principle, of course, yes, and it's also a requirement of the screening regulation. But the government has a certain margin of discretion in the area of foreign relations and also in the context of investment control proceedings, which is subject to only limited judicial review. Therefore, the chances of success of an investor challenging a prohibition or also the imposing of orders such as to continue deliveries to the German army. And we are not aware of a case where an investor would have successfully challenged the decision of the government before court. Now coming to an end, I was wondering what your view is on the future development of foreign investment control. Will there be further restrictions or if and when we overcome the coronic pandemic, rather a relaxation? This of course difficult to foresee and a bit of a black box. I do not expect that anytime soon there will be a relaxation of the rules, but rather a further race to the bottom, as you can call it. In other words, a further lowering of thresholds, allowing governments to scrutinize acquisitions and to protect domestic businesses. Just have a look at the examples that I already gave. And as a consequence of Corona, we may see less globalization with states being either eager to ensure at least a certain level of local content and production, production and an efficient protection of domestic players. Also, member states will be much more watchful in the case of Chinese investments, as long at least as there is no level playing field. Here, the Chinese-European investment agreement that has been negotiated since 
2012 may help to introduce such level playing field if and when such agreement is ultimately concluded. And it should be noted that at least in Germany, not only the usual suspects as Chinese investors are raising concerns, but also investments from the US, as stated by Minister Altmaier, who is in charge of economic affairs in Germany, in March this year. This year. The US can no longer be considered a close ally, but a country that puts its interests first. This change in perspective can be evidenced by the nervousness when there were press reports in March that Mr. Trump himself, or at least the US government, was looking into acquiring CureVac, a German company developing a vaccine against Corona. And I think this will not substantially change even with Mr. Biden as the new president. So therefore, I do not expect that we will return to the old times of more or less unrestricted investments into the member states of the European Union. Many thanks, Christopher, for your insight on the increasing role of foreign investment control in the European Union. Very interesting. Thank you, Julia.